as we prepare to hear God's word this day. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Reading from Matthew 4, um, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. And the tempter came to him. I feel like um, this might have been uh, Jesus' own Jesus take the wheel moment. Um, Jesus weak. He's vulnerable, he's isolated, he's hungry, he's carrying the load of what all of his next steps will be, what they will mean, and if that is not enough, here comes the voice of temptation. You don't have to do it this way. Jesus, there's a, a better way. I'll show it to you. It'll be easy. You'll see. It's very reminiscent of the Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve's own temptation, the serpent, the most crafty of all the wild animals that God had made, saying, you don't have to do it this way. There's a better way. I'll show it to you. It'll be easy. You'll see. Just eat the fruit, and you will be like God. Do it. Go for it. What did our call to worship say? Become relevant, spectacular, powerful. Doesn't that sound better? But Jesus, Jesus, just one story earlier, Jesus chose to enter the waters of baptism to say yes to a life with God and all that that would mean. He emerges from the water, taking his first steps into this new life, this new commitment, this new journey, and immediately he's led into the desert where he spends 40 days and 40 nights 
fasting. Afterwards, he was banished, and the voice of temptation comes to him. After his baptism, but before the work of ministry, smack dab in the middle, at his most vulnerable, is the reality of evil. And the evil is named. It is to forget, it is the temptation to forget that yes to God and instead say yes to power and prestige. Don't you want it? Don't you know you can have it? The first Sunday in Lent always begins with Jesus in the wilderness. And Lent tells us that Jesus had a choice. Lent tells us that Jesus faced the same challenges we all face as we seek to live into that yes to a life with God in our own walk of discipleship. You know, just five Sundays ago, there was a large number of our young people who came before all of us to join Jesus, to say yes. We remembered and we celebrated Jesus' own baptism, his own time of saying yes to God, and we remembered and celebrated their baptism, but it wasn't all celebration. They also had to say yes to God, and saying yes to God means saying no to something else. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Renounce, reject, repent, resist. Do you renounce? Do you proclaim loud and clear that because of Jesus, evil has no power over you? Do you reject? Do you say no? Do you repent? Do you turn away from? And do you resist? Do you push against? Do you challenge evil? Saying yes means saying no. What Lent offers us every year is space. And it's space that we need. And it's not space to sit around and wail and cry over how terrible we are. But space to think about our lives alongside the life of Jesus. Space inviting inward transformation and then outward action. For we are Adam and Eve, placed in the garden that God has created and called good, and we still have a choice. Do we accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Or do we accept the temptation that's constantly dangling in front of us for power, for prestige, for celebrity, for self-preservation, no matter the cost, no matter who it may hurt, or what we have to do to gain it. Or do we remember 
that day that we stood in front of our church connected to a body who loves us, who prays for us, who accepts us, who encourages us, who desires the best for us, and we said yes to God by saying no. You know, I was talking with someone last Wednesday morning um, on Ash Wednesday about Ash Wednesday, and we were sharing about how strange of a day it is, how strange of a ritual it is, a service of repentance, a service where we receive ashes and we reflect on our own mortality. And I said, you know, um, for me, yeah, it does hold all of that. It's a ritual that holds all of that. And because it holds all of that, it's a ritual that helps me remember every year what's important and what's not. You all know this. If Ash Wednesday invites us to reflect on our mortality, you all know that anytime we experience a loss, don't you feel this inner shift? A reminder of what really matters and what does not? Ash Wednesday is a day that reminds us of our mortality and begins a season that hopefully allows us to make a shift, to release some of those things that we think are so very important only to be reminded, oh yeah, that's not what matters in life. These things out here that I strive so hard for. They aren't what give me and others value and worth. These things are temptations. The tempter whispering, you don't have to do it this way. There's a better way. I'll show you. It'll be easy. You'll see. Things that invite us into power and prestige and celebrity and self-preservation, no matter the cost. Lent begins in the wilderness to remind us that temptation is real, evil is real, sin is real. We begin with repentance at Ash Wednesday to acknowledge first and foremost that we all have the capacity for evil. It's not that there are good and bad. For all have sinned and fallen short. We all face temptation. And then we remember, as we each come forward to receive the ashes, we remember we are a people who do not stand alone. It's not that we join Jesus every year in the wilderness. It's that every year, we are reminded that Jesus chose to join us in the wilderness. And in Jesus, we don't see a sword-bearing mighty warrior slaying the dragon. We see a vulnerable, weak, hungry, isolated human being who said yes to God by saying no, and then released to the work of God within him. You know, later on in this story, and we'll get there before Easter Sunday, 
later on in the story, at his lowest, at his most vulnerable, at his weakest, he lifts his hands, releases to God, and says, not my will, but yours be done. There's a couple of stanzas um, from a hymn that uh, Richard Robbins passed on to David, David passed on to me, and I decided to include pieces of it in my sermon today, um, but it went along with all of this. It says, Our Lord, you were sent to a place wild and vast to ponder your mission to pray and to fast. Then hungry and weary you faced night and day the subtle temptations to turn from God's way. Our Lord, in your struggle you chose to obey. God's word filled your heart and you trusted God's way. Now risen, you save us from sins that destroy. You gave us your spirit, your peace, and your joy. Now risen, you save us from sins that destroy. You gave us your spirit, your peace, and your joy. You know, we heard earlier uh, Will Norris share um, Psalm 32 from a kid's version of the Psalms. When I do something wrong, I tell you about it, God. And when you forgive me, I feel calm again. Because that's also a piece of this, right? Jesus facing temptation, releasing to God, and you and I acknowledging our own temptations, the times we have done wrong, and releasing to God. Trusting that because of Jesus, evil in fact does not have power over us. Receiving peace and joy. Feeling calm again. If you go home and read through all of Psalm 32, you see it gives us a picture of our human experience of sin. And what the psalmist makes clear is that we believe in a God who is always ready to forgive, always ready to preserve us, and to surround us with the steadfast love of God. This is the story of this season as well. Just as the biblical story of Christian salvation history, well, it moves from despair in those opening pages of having to leave the Garden of Eden behind to the glory of resurrection, leaving the tomb behind. Every Lent, every year when we make this 40-day journey, it is a mini version of this transformative event. We begin with Ash Wednesday, but we move on. We leave behind the solemnity of Ash Wednesday, moving toward the celebratory joy of Easter Sunday. But we aren't there yet. We begin in the wilderness, remembering that we do not stand alone, remembering we are vulnerable human beings who have said yes to God and released to the work of God within us, and that there's freedom in that release. We can indeed, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what yesterday held, no matter what today holds, we can simply say, precious Lord, take my hand. Or some of you feel that Carrie Underwood did say it better, Jesus, take the will. We say yes by saying no. And we choose to step into something other. During Lent, we have the opportunity to think about our lives alongside the life of Jesus, inviting inward transformation and then outward action. You know, since January 5th, um, 
You have all been invited to take time to pray and discern your own next faithful step in your walk of discipleship and in your giving. Um, we did think that the first Sunday of Lent would be a good day to close this off. Many of you have already turned this in. Some have you have not. Um, but today we're going to provide some space where if you have not done that, you can fill it out now. Um, and either bring it up as Lisa plays and put it one in the basket or just hold on to it because I know we're Protestants and coming up in front of people is scary. You can just hold on to it and put it in the basket at the end of the service if you feel so led. But there will be some time um, for you to fill this out, pray over what your next step is. Maybe for some of you, if you've never been baptized, it is that next step of figuring out what it means to say yes to God by saying no and entering into this church family. Maybe for some of you visiting, the next step is becoming part of this church family. Um, and I'd love to be in conversation with any of you about that. Um, but I'm going to read, before we move into that, uh, a different version of Psalm 32. We heard it from a kid's Bible. I'm going to read this one from Psalms for Praying. And then as I finish, um, Lisa is going to play. And just as she plays, um, remain in a state of prayer, praying over what your next, your next faithful step can be. Fill this out if you haven't yet. Um, or just listen, um, reflect on how you have heard God uh, this day in worship and in song. But here now, Psalm 32. Blessed are you whose wrongdoings have been forgiven, whose shame has been forgotten. Blessed are you in whom love divine finds a home and whose spirit radiates truth. When I acknowledged not my shortcomings, I became ill through all my defenses. And day and night, guilt weighed heavy, constricting my heart. My spirit became dry as desert bones. I admitted my faults to the Most High, and I made known my regret. I cried out, forgive me, O Comforter, for those times I have sinned in my thoughts, my words, my deeds. And the Beloved created within me a clean and open heart. Therefore, let everyone who is sincere give thanks to the Beloved. For whenever we feel paralyzed by fear, we shall be embraced by love. Dwelling in the heart of the beloved, we are free from distress, free to live more creatively. Oh, my beloved, you are my guide. You teach me to walk in the light. Be watchful of me. Counsel me as I listen to you in the silence. I pray for the gifts of inner peace and wisdom, for the grace to reverence all of creation. Many are the heartaches of those separated from love. Steadfast love abides with those who surrender their lives into the hands of the beloved. Be glad and rejoice. Let your life give witness to love's way and shout for joy, all you upright of heart.